1353 is the number, 0419767272. Great to catch up with Bulldog over there earlier. What about this text? Clarky, imagine Bulldog, little arms and legs pumping, trying to catch the Roosters bus, and the players are saying, leave him, while laughing at the little fella. Yeah, you don't like waiting for people, waiting for anyone in regards to the, when the team bus is meant to go, but Bulldog or any journo, you, you're leaving early out of spite just to see him chase the bus up the street. <laughs> <laughs> it's that like you do in the car. You stop, let them get close, take off. Stop, let them get close, take off. But sounds like um, sounds like all the teams are just allowing that. Well, it's that old school open access to, to the journos. Mm. Like when I first started playing for Australia, you'd have a number of journalists that would come on tour. They'd mm. stay at the same hotel. You'd drink with them at the bar. You'd be if, if a group of us went to dinner, then they, you know, they were welcome to join. They were just a part of um, the travelling group, and, and and that's why the players were so close, so close to the journalists when I first started. And then that <clears throat> separation happened. Where, from a cricket point of view, I think we, they started having to stay at a different hotel or weren't allowed to travel on the team bus, and that's how it all started. Uh, social media then become a play for the players as well. So they had their own media outlet as such. Uh, and then they just drifted further and further away. And I, I think, you know, even listening to Bulldog then, there's certain things that I've no doubt he would have heard in the Roosters team meetings that he knows is it's not appropriate to to write about those, you know, those things or to, to print that type of stuff. So the trust has to go both ways. Um, and it sounds like it's working beautifully at the moment. Certainly the same case in the Kangaroos. Tours, wasn't it, Loz, in the, in the early 90s? Uh, used to go out with the journos midweek and sort of have a bit of an understanding. There were things that couldn't be written about. Oh, most definitely, Mido. And it was an unwritten rule um, that, you know, unless it was reported back to Australia or reported to the police, then, then they'd have to have a duty to go and report on it. Um, but if something was just happening and, you know, a guy was in a bar that got into an argument or a push and a shove, uh, they didn't report it uh, when we were sort of coming through. But obviously now with social media and the fact that people get access straight away, um, journos are obliged to be on the front foot and that's their job is to report the news and report what's happening and they get their tails kicked if if they're not reporting it and they're away on a on a tour with players. So it, it, it did change. But you, you had a great deal of respect for journalists, in particular in the early days when you were starting out because you got to know them so well and there were things that they wouldn't report. There were things that you could have conversations to them about that would never make the uh, the light of day. Um, and that's what Bulldog and I always talk about because we've had such a long relationship. My, my relationship with Bulldog goes back into the 80s when I first started um, playing football, 87, 88. That's when I first met Bulldog and sort of we were same age and had a good relationship with him but there'd be things that I would tell him that I would say mate you just can't report this um, and he would never break my trust and he would say the same thing to me about certain things so it's just a develop sh- uh, a relationship that develops over a period of time but I understand it now you know journalists they've got a job to do it's it's difficult at times but that's the industry they're in uh, they have to report what's going on um, but if you could go back to the old days, they were certainly great to be a part of. These four teams over there and just such strong sides have been named for these games, as you'd expect being round one of the season. But I'll put it to you. Say a team is blowing out 
say, beaten by 30, which of Souths, Manly, Roosters or Broncos would you be most concerned about coming back to Australia if they were blown out in round one? I know it'd be Neither, only round one. Because I don't think they will. I, I don't think there will be a blowout, but I, I get what you're saying. Um, I, I, I won't be worried about any of those teams because I see upside for all of them regardless of what happens in round one. I can't see a blowout scoreline in either of these games, given um, the quality on display. And I think they know that by coming here, they have to put their best foot forward. They have to give a good game of footy. Um, but if you, if, you, if you said to me which team will have the biggest question marks around it, mm. it will be South Sydney. Yeah. Only because of how they finished last year. And everyone is looking at them, looking at their body language, seeing if they get on and seeing if they're prepared to do all the little things in a game that you need to do to be successful. Not the flashy things, but the little things, the one percenters that coaches always talk about. And if they come away with a loss, I don't think that matters, but it's the way that they lose or win, which will tell a story. But I think all four sides are in for a big year, um, but I, I get where you're coming from. But I think I think it'll be South if, if 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 they were to get dusted by thirty because of what happened last year. Pup. Well, I th- I think there's been also a lot of talk about Manly, you know how they're flying at the moment. Mm. They've played a game, but just their their stock. Um, Luke Brooks in the halves. Um, uh, Tommy T fully fit. Uh, I, I think there's still a bit of there's still there's still question marks around around Manly. I think because their stock's so good now as well, mm. um, and uh, South because they didn't make the eight. So there's a, there's an expectation you can't have that stock and not make the eight. So if South no if South don't make the eight again, for example, oh, their coaches their coach is gone. But there's a there's a storyline with every team because yeah. the Roosters are a, are a big club and. They started poorly last year, so the narrative will be: Is this the same? We're going same roosters of, of old. Um, the fact that that they're not going as well as what they should do. The Broncos, given that they made the grand final last year, and everyone's tipping them to be the team to beat Penrith. If they don't um, win and, and 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 get a you know a, a, a point score put on them, uh, questions to be asked. Um, Manly. Their preparation, they haven't played a game. None of their players have played. So whether that works out for them or not, um, yeah, there's no doubt that they'll be fit. Uh, but it's just that timing, you know, the timing in defence, those timings that you need to read on, on an edge. Um, but the fact that they're playing on a narrower field might help Manly in that regard. What, what does the um, coach it'll do, be like defending with, with 12 men. That's what it'll be like. It'll be like a twelve-man game of rugby league. What does the coach do? Because for in the best interest of the NRL, we need these games to be like a grand final, so entertaining, big hits, try scored, we, like to to sell the game. But it, as a coach, like we spoke, you know, you speak to someone like. Ricky Stewart, who you know, the troll games are irrelevant. He couldn't care less about the troll game. So they're prepping to win the competition at the end of the season or be in the the top eight in the back half of the season. So you can't have the cake and eat it. So what do these four teams, what is is their preparation been and are their coaches looking at it 
exactly the same way. Like, no, our goal is to make the top eight and then try and win a grand final. Or does it change because this is such an important thing for the NRL? No, I don't think it changes. I think they approach it the same way. But it's not hard to get swept up in something that is a bit different. And you're being handed the responsibility of showcasing the event and playing as well as you possibly can. And I think that extra excitement just naturally brings the best out in you. And I heard Cookie say before, and you, and you think about it, like he said that we're playing, on a, we're playing on a stadium that the Super Bowl was only played on a couple of weeks ago. Like that in itself, knowing you're going to a stadium that's held such a fantastic game, and, and a game that is just idolised over here in America. So you know you're going to a big venue. You know you're going to get at least 40,000 people to the game. You know, if you, if you turn up to a training session, for instance, and there's no one there, you'll train and you'll train hard. If you turn up and there's a training session of 10,000 or 15,000 people there, you, you, it's, it's a different feel of that training session because you're actually you're pushing yourself probably harder. So I, I think it, it, it will... Um, filter around the group that, hey, this is something a little bit different. Yes, our aim is to play finals football, and it's not the be-all and end-all winning game one, but you know what? We're here to put on a good show, and we're here to put on a good performance to get ourselves set for a a big year. And And I reckon that's the way the coaches will approach it. We've got George. G'day, George. How are you? Yeah, good day, fellas. Um... Just a general question to all of you guys there. This is going to be a fantastic start in Vegas and that, but I just want to know what happens after the game. Like, how do we keep promoting like for the rest of the year? Like, how, we, how do we keep the, the Yanks interested in, in our game? Well, I think what they're trying to do, George, is get it broadcast at least once a week. And I'm unsure of where that's at at the moment. But I know that's the that's the goal is to have people interested in it, betting on it, buying the app for the game while they're over here living, but also trying to get a broadcast on Fox One. Fair enough. Also, Loz, if you get a chance, go to the Treasure Island. The um, the pirate ship uh, show is pretty good. Oh, is it? Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. It's a really good show. If it's All still right. on, that I'll... is. Yeah, I, I, I think they've got, um, I don't know, Circus Soleil there, I think, at the moment. Okay. That was the sign I saw up there yesterday. But there's a lot of shows on, as you, as you can imagine. Um, you two are playing at the Sphere uh, over there at the Venetian. Uh, Adele's still here. She's playing at Caesars. So there's a, there's a lot of big acts here in Vegas. Thank enjoy, you, mate. Enjoy. Thank you, George. Thanks, George. Robbo. How are you, Robbo? I'm good, boys. How are we all? Very well, thanks, mate. What's doing? Oh, four sleeps to go. I'm excited, like everybody else. I really am. I think this is going to be wonderful. It's uh, The one thing you can say about Peter Volandis and Abdo, they will leave no stone unturned to get the result. And now it's up to the teams. You know, I think they've done everything. You're right, Laurie. They're trying to get it on... Um, Fox One, and I believe they're they're nearly there from what I've been told. But the burning question, the burning question that no one has asked, Laurie, 
You there, Lodge? Yep. Yep, gotcha. Is did you take the leather vest with you to Vegas? <laughs> uh, no, I haven't. I didn't. Ta- I can't find the leather vest. I would love to find it and wear it into the studio one day. Oh, and show the boys <laughs> what I'm talking about. Oh, give it us was, a break, <laughs> mate! It it was enormous. Would you have everyone something underneath wanted, it? Everyone wanted to wear it. There you go. Everyone tried to take it off me when I was at the private bin with it. Everyone wanted to wear it. Yeah, they wanted to get thrown out because you had nothing on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a fashion statement. Oh, no. Well, what do you mean? Are you going to wear it over a T-shirt? Uh, yeah, well, it's... <laughs> Actually, no, no, no. No, I wouldn't wear it over a T-shirt. Yeah. No, no. It, it, oh, it'll I just be the, the vest. Are you having, like, vivid dreams at the moment, Robbo? No, I'm just having... Oh, I, I feel sorry for you with Clark. <laughs> If he'd be sitting opposite you with that on. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy. No, they'd love it, the boys. That's for sure. It's staying that well, cupboard. They'd, they'd, they'd love it. I'll tell you what will will happen on Sunday. I'm going to make a, well, I don't think it's a brave statement. I think it'll be record ratings on television. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I really, because every, you know, you get all your information on your local clubs and pubs and they're all advertising it. Um, yeah, come and see the first game and uh, I'll be at the Robo Grandstand here and, uh, where the beer's cheaper and the food's cheaper. And there's no keys <laughs> to the toilet. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. Well, I'll tell you this, Robbo. I saw a group of manly... Well, they would have been manly supporters. They all had their gear on last night. All the all the jerseys, they were out, out and about. So there's a, a few of them over here as, at the moment. Yeah, there's a few. Uh, one black I know, his wife won, uh, won a trip for two um, down at Manly Lee's Club. She was in the draw and... Uh, he got that, Angelo, he's on his way over there. And uh, there was a, quite a few from the golf club. They'd booked, uh, I think they left on Monday. Uh, and away they go. So, yeah, there's quite a mob going over there and good luck to them. Enjoy. Yeah, they'll have a fantastic time. Enjoy, yeah. Robbo. You too, boys. See you later. Uh, joining us shortly will be Sky Racing's Gold Coast caller, Mitch Manners. In fact, I believe we have him there now. How are you, Mitch? Yeah, well, thanks, uh, Meadow and Clarkie, and uh, obviously lost in Vegas. Uh, we, we know uh, we know who gets the right side of the pineapple on the show. <laughs> Isn't that the truth, Mitch? I've been saying it from day one, mate. There's only one king in here. Well, he's not even in here. <laughs> no, that, in that's Vegas. right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, this all inclusive, this all too hard gelding, two year old for Dave Van Dyke, good winner there at Doombin, what the other day. Uh, and uh, set to head to Sydney to have a crack, I guess, heading towards the slipper. Yeah, gee, he was impressive, Mido. Um, he rounded the field up, sat sort of midfield and showed a, a great turn of foot to pick them up and win the, the Jules prelude on Saturday at Doombin. He's not Tudor's uh, eligible, so that's, uh, that's the reasoning why he's not going to the Jules itself at the Gold Coast, the, the half-million-dollar race in, in two weeks. So... Uh, David Van Dyke's going to throw him into the deep end and, and head to the, the Todman Stakes. It'll be a, a hot race, obviously, with you know the, one of the major lead-ups to the slipper. But um, you know David's not one to, to to back away from a big challenge with his horses, and he's been very successful when he's taken them to Sydney. So he's uh, he's believes that this this fellow's got a lot of talent, and uh, we'll find out how good he is when he goes to Sydney. But he was an explosive winner of the Jules Prelude. Mashani Lilly took the Phillies uh, division. 
um, and she'll be one of the, the leading chances come March 9 at the Gold Coast. Mitch, tell us about this charity race day at the Gold, Gold Coast. Good morning, Oz. Weekend, mate. <laughs> How are you, buddy? Yeah, good, good. Uh, yes, a big, big day at the coast on Saturday. Ronald McDonald House Charities, of course, we're all well aware of uh, what they do for the community and uh, an- another fundraising day at the Gold Coast Turf Club on Saturday. Uh, the jockeys, uh, most likely number one throughout the day, uh, will uh, will wear the silks, 1,500 uh, for first, 1,000 for second and 500 for third, uh, depending on how they place, will be donated straight back into Ronald McDonald House. There's a lot of activities uh, throughout the day, some guest speakers, Winx's Four Cox Plates will be on show. Uh, it'll be a great day and all for a good cause. They do a fantastic job, Ronald McDonald House, for for the families uh, uh, with the with the kids doing it tough. So uh, we're looking forward to, to supporting that, that great cause on Saturday here at the Turf Club. Okay, we've got a midweek meeting at Doombin today. Uh, have you got something for us? And well done last week, by the way. Uh, was it It's Jerry, I think it was the name of the horse you tipped us into? Yeah, finally uh, able to crack it for a winner again, boys. It had been a while between drinks, but uh, it uh, was a was a good performance there on uh, on Wednesday at Ipswich. It's a, a tricky meeting at Doombin today. Race four, number 12, Real Rush, has been trialling extremely well, and they look to have found the, the right maiden here. Won its uh, first two trials at Doombin, then had a real sneaky trial at the Sunshine Coast behind... Uh, Tora Bella, and this Tora Bella form has been very good of late. Uh, she won on debut at Ipswich uh, last week, as we saw by a big space. Uh, the horse that she beat in a trial at Deegan won impressively at the Gold Coast last Saturday. So all the form around her is very good, and uh, this filly ran second to her at the Sunshine Coast trial. So uh, two forties a bit sort of tight on the bone, but I, I, I think. Uh, I think she'll be getting away with it. They're a lethal stable with their debutants, so O'Day and Hoistead, and Boris Thornton to take the ride. So real rush is uh, my best today. Uh, race uh, race forward, number 12. Now, Mitch, I would have thought there'd be a couple of members of the Gold Coast Turf Club coming over to Vegas this weekend. Oh, no, busy busy boys, Steve and Brett. Uh, their next <laughs> junket's Japan. Oh. Oh, they're off to Japan. They've brushed Vegas and they've gone straight over J- uh, Japan, eh? Yeah, that's right. They they thought uh, you, you were enough in town at uh, at Vegas to to do some damage, <laughs> so they'll let you uh, they'll let you loose. And yeah, I, I believe they're going to Japan next. Maybe Dubai as well along the way. Good on you, Mitch. We'll leave it there, mate. Have a good Thanks, one. Thanks, boys. See ya. Sydney Kings majority owner Paul Smith coming up surely. Huge night in the NBL with the Kings. $1.50 with Tab against New Zealand. $2.55. The Lions four and a half. That game 7.30 tonight Eastern Daylight Time. At 5.30, it's Tassie and Illawarra. And the Hawks, $2.75 outsiders travelling to Hobart. Or plus four and a half at the line. Tassie $1.44. The winner of that goes through to play Perth in the semi-final series. Sydney and New Zealand. The loser's gone. The winner plays the loser of the Tassie-Illawarra match in a one-off game. And the winner of that will face Melbourne United in a semi-final series. So all up for grabs tonight. Uh, Loz is over there in Vegas. I think someone was just fluffing his cushion. It's the blondie in the background, Daly. That was room service. Room service, all right. Mate. Mm. <laughs>
So making the bed, boys. Get in the get bed, mate, as the you break. do. Hmm. They never come in at a convenient the time, do they? What do you mean? Well, no, well they didn't do my room yesterday because I told them to go away. Yeah. Because nah. I was too busy. Normally so you're not I, in your room at 2 o'clock in the afternoon either. Yeah. Like, you're out doing stuff. So, 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 so I heard the knock, time. so I had to go and chase her down the hallway to get her, to get her back. Mm. So I was out of towels. Oh, no. To bark. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, all sorted now. Oh, dear. Do I tip? Do I need to tip her? Tip everyone, mate. You've got to tip doubt. everyone, don't you? Tip everyone, yeah. Yeah. And then bring that home to Australia tipping. as well. You're allowed to do the same here. Mm. You f- I, I, well, you just forget about it when you're here until they stare at you. Mm. <laughs> they just look at you and you're going, oh, that's right, I've got a tip. Yeah. And then you give them a bit of tip and they're happy. So it's all good over here, all good. I'm learning as I go. <laughs> uh, okay, so Paul Smith coming up shortly. I'll tell you what else is on this week, fellas. The F1 season starts, the Bahrain Grand Prix. Uh, Max Verstappen, he won 19 of 22 races last year. That's that's boring, let's face it. Yeah, and he's a dollar twenty eight with Tab to win the opening race this year. No, he won his third straight world title. Not boring at all for him. Yeah. Uh, naturally, got some Aussie interest. Oscar Piastri's thirty four bucks to win this weekend, driving his McLaren. Daniel Ricciardo, who now drives for, I love you know. There's some of these marketing geniuses, so called geniuses. Ricardo's team's now called, get this, the Visa Cash App RB team. Yeah. I know. Marketing genius there. But his lap times have both been in the top five, both days of testing in recent uh, recent times. And he's $1.95 to finish top 10. So the car seems to be going all right for Daniel Ricciardo. If you can replicate what we've seen in testing, maybe the $1.95 for him to run top 10 uh, might be a play. Well, this is his opportunity. You know, he needs to be at his absolute best because mm. he would love a crack with Mercedes. And the, I think there's a dozen, dozen drivers off contract yeah. at the end of this season. Mate, this is this is it. This is his last chance. If mm. he if he nails it, he might just get that opportunity at Mercedes. If not, then yeah, I don't think we'll be seeing uh, Ricardo on the grid on mm. the. Um, on the podium again. Driving for, yeah, drive a lot up for grabs for a lot of drivers this season. Now, uh, just in FA Cup, fifth round action at the moment. Leicester have just scored in extra time against Bournemouth. That match in Bournemouth, so 1-0 to the Foxes. Uh, Blackburn and Newcastle is 1-1 in the 83rd minute. And Manchester City are leading Luton 6-2. Uh, this match at Luton and 81 minutes gone in that match in the FA Cup. Uh, this morning, the Matildas, they hold a 3-0 aggregate lead heading into tonight's second leg of that Olympic qualifier against Uzbekistan in Melbourne. Now, only 18 will be picked in the squad for Paris by Tony Gustafsson, who says it'll be a balance between finding chemistry and also giving players a chance. Uh, but first and foremost, they've got to make sure they don't have a disaster there tonight. But 3-0 up on aggregate, they should be too good for Uzbekistan. Uh, but the NBL, huge night with these two games back-to-back. Tasmania and Illawarra, then the Kings and New Zealand at Kudos Bank Arena. And joining us now is the Kings majority owner, Paul Smith. Great to have him on the show. Paul, good morning, mate. How are you? Good morning, Meadow. Good morning, Clarkie and Lars over in Vegas. Keep it rolling, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, baby. (laughs) Describe the roller coaster of this season, Paul. 
Yeah, like it's been, uh, yeah, it's Luna Park at the moment. We've been up and down like a yo-yo, but uh, look, all in all, it's been a, um, it's been a, a season that we've, we've, you know, we've learned a lot from it. But amazingly, we've landed in fifth spot, and we're in a playing game tonight, and all the chocolates are on the table. This is it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, buddy. The fact that it hasn't gone perfectly tonight is irrelevant. You still found a way. Uh, home court advantage. I'd imagine the crowd's going to be absolutely buzzing and very supportive as well. So, no doubt the boys will be up for a big one. Yeah, I think so. I, look, I'm, I know so. I, I was at the Noble tour last night, and yeah. a few of our coaches were there, and we, you know, I just sort of tapped in, see how they're going, and they said, yeah, they're, they're ready to roll. So, uh, you know, I think, yeah, and to your point, I think home court is in a big advantage for us. We're really quite surprised to land where we landed with a home game. We thought we'd be heading to New Zealand to do this one. So all in all, I think we're, you know, we're pretty happy with it. And, you know, it's a, there's no, the season, the regular season's over. It's everything's even now. And uh, I was saying to someone the other day that, oh, sorry, about six weeks ago, I said to one of the other owners, another team, before we saw our season playing out like we saw it playing out, is that I really feel that it's such a wide open season this year. So weird to think that, you know, we've gotten there. We finished fifth with 11 wins, you know, like it's uh that's a pretty extraordinary sort of number for us to sort of finish in that position. So it's a very evenly poised season. And I think anyone from fifth or sixth anywhere can win this championship. It's, it's, on, for, it's on for everyone. Yeah, and I reckon, Paul, it'll give you a little bit of confidence, the fact that you've got big-name players on your list that can turn it on. And if they turn it on and they all gel together, you, you can beat anyone. Yeah, we can. And we, look, we saw a glimpse of that. Not as if the not as if they are the best team in the league, but the fact that we just piled it on against South East Melbourne a couple you know, well, a couple of weeks ago now, put together a record winning margin in the NBL history in a forty minute game at fifty five points, it highlights the fact that we you know, we can score and we can defend, you know, when we put our, when when it all comes together and it's been such a struggle this year. We've been looking and trying and we feel at times we sort of click and then it sort of unlocks a little bit. But uh, you know, that, that last game gave us a lot of confidence feel that we you know, we can we can find our rhythm and uh, we might be coming good at the right time of the year and but you know that counts for nothing tonight it's you know it's, it's a tough one um, New Zealand are a, a bit of a sort of a big match up for us we do well against them and they do well against us it's not as if they're our bunnies or anything like that it's uh you know there are it's a really lot of respect between the two teams I think we play similar style we get at it and uh I think it'll be a great it'll be a great spectacle for the fans to come along. How important is Jalen tonight, mate? He's had a stellar season again, but you're going to need him to step up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, it's uh, he knows it. We know it. Um, that's why I pay the guy the big bucks. You yeah. know, that's to, to bring it this time of year. You know, and we saw it. We saw what he did in his season uh, two years ago when he when he won the MVP. Unfortunately, he went down with a hamstring injury in the grand final series and couldn't complete that series. But we got the money anyway. But um, you know, I think we, uh, we we know what he can do, and he knows what he can do, and it's just a matter of him, you know, getting about it and and get, bringing some confidence into this game. We've certainly piled that on against South East Melbourne, so we feel good about it. Yeah, big clubs and always brings big pressure. How's your your coach handled it this year? Oh, mate, look, it's a tough market. Tough Sydney's a tough town to play, take a role like that in. Um, you know, it's like you know, I'm, my experience. Live working, living in the US, you know, when you New York, they always say about the New York Yankees, it's the hard, it's the hardest club to play for in baseball because there's so much expectation. And I'm not suggesting we're at that level, but there is that focus, there is that scrutiny on the role, particularly on the back of success. And and you know, 
moods handle it, I think, well. You know, look, we certainly had a uh, patchy year performance-wise, but, you know, that, that comes with territory. And, and you know, he's, he's, he's put his, put his uh, shoulder to the wheel and, and worked really, really hard. And, uh, you know, and I think that's, that, that work ethic is the key in, in success, ultimately. And you, you met, well, Clark, you asked me about Jalen Adams, one of six players off contract. As an owner, and I know you, you're used to having, you know, I guess significant turnover of players, but, to, you know, tell us how that sort of weighs on you as an owner, knowing that, you know, pretty much half your roster is could be gone. Yeah, well, well look, the, the fact that there's a little bit of speculation floating around at the moment about people circling, I don't mind that because it means we've got some talent. It means that we've got players that other clubs want, and bear in mind we've got we've got rights on a lot of players and options and so on and so forth. It's not as if they're off contract and leaving at all. It's a matter of just you know us determining whether we want to pick up an option uh, and then working through that with the player concern. But you know we spend the whole year, our whole season is spent thinking about next season and player rotation, player rosters. Uh, uh, critical, you know, we our, our CEO Chris Pongrass and and particularly our members of our ownership group Andrew Bogart and Luke Longley, they spend a huge amount of time through the year considering and looking at the, the the future structure of the roster over the next one year, two years, three years. So this is a normal evolutionary process. I think I think there's a lot of um, speculation in some of the media at the moment. We don't anticipate that we're going to be having a significant turnover of roster. Um, that's that's not what we anticipate the way we're planning it right now, but you know we 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 avoid those conversations with players and agents until we finish our season, um, and that's when the that's when the, uh, the the we deal with the plumbing and wiring of business where the things you don't see the things are behind the wall that we got to get into and fix and get right. That's what we do in that in that period. But right now the primary focus is getting it done tonight. Tell us about the impact of having Scotty Pippen in town as well. He's been wheeled out quite a lot across the media uh, and, uh, you know, just bringing, I guess, more eyeballs uh, towards the NBL in the finals and the playoffs. Yeah, look, the timing's good. Yeah, the timing's been good. You know, we, we, we had this fever break. Um, this is the, for the, for the uninitiated, that's, a, that's a, the international break in basketball. Now, you know, the NBA keeps going. Well, they had their all-star break in that, around about that period, but rest of the leagues around the world shut down for a week and boomers play, international games are played and so on and so forth. And uh, falls it fell at a time this year which sort of, I think, stalled the league a little bit and certainly stalled momentum coming out of what was a pretty con- competitive regular season and heading into a finals. It's been a bit of a lull, but having Scotty, Luke, Horace Grant around and in town and doing things and doing media certainly, you know, woken everyone up to the fact there's basketball happening in Australia and there's basketball happening in Sydney tonight. So it's been really well timed. It's great to have them here. Scotty and uh, Horace and Luke will be at the game tonight. Um, they'll be part of the action sitting courtside. So we're looking forward to having them there and taking in the experience of a Sydney Kings game. And it'll be great for Scotty and Horace to uh, enjoy the enjoy an event that, as a, with a team that uh, Luke's a part owner of. I think that's a new experience for all those guys to be part of that. So I think we're all looking forward to that. It'll add, so, it'll add certainly some colour to the spectacle of what we're going to have this evening. Well, bring it on. Uh, huge game, do or die for the season, Paul. Enjoy. And for your sake and Kings fans' sake, let's hope they're moving on. Good on you. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Thanks for those pointing out on the text line as I read out the score for the Manchester City game in the FA Cup this morning. They've won that game 6-2 at Luton. Erling Haaland, 
five goals. Just taking the mickey, isn't he really there? Uh, so he's had a hat trick after 40 minutes and then he scored in the 55th and 58th minute uh, as they led 5-2 there with Harlan scoring all five and then Kovacic scored in the 72nd minute. So hurling Harlan, five of City's six goals uh, this morning. All right, we've got uh, Steve Hiller coming up on Radio Tab after the news. Morning, Steve. How are Good, you? I'm really well, Jerry. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Um, we're going to talk to Simon Wilde, Ken Aurora's Symphony, who we know he's flying, but, gee, that's a lot of weight. And I think it'll be a modern-day record if he can carry the 61.5 and make it a, a trio of Launceston Cup. So we'll talk to Simon Wilde. But there's a couple of other horses I want to ask about. Plenty of ammo is a really good mare that's won a pass four. Wishlaw Lass. Um, many expected her to win the other day. She was sound. I wonder what's happening with her. And also, there's a very promising mare that he trains. That's two starts for two wins. So Simon Wilde will join me. Also, um, we'll talk to Gavin Bedgegood about Keats running in Tassie today. It's a big day for the club. Look, Andrew Noblet will join me. He produced a horse yesterday that really captured the eye, winning a maiden. Absolutely brilliant performance on debut. Heavily back, too. So we'll talk about that horse and the latest with Foxy, Frieda and a few others. And Tony Gollan, our Premier Trader, is not far away with David Fowler. So, But lots more guests right throughout the morning. Sounds great, Steve. Thanks, guys. Catch you, uh, Steve Hewlett there. And uh, I believe Dave Stanley is uh, heading to Albury later today and joins us now. How are you, DS? Yeah, morning, Minnow. Morning, boys. Uh, looking forward to getting down to Albury later this week for their l- luncheon. They've got a, um, a Gold Cup luncheon, which is at the commercial club, and Looking forward to that on Friday morning. So uh, we'll be in Albury later this week. Uh, Berkeley Hotel on Saturday for another shenanigans. And boys, the next few weeks, do you know, before I moved to Sydney and sort of started this job with Sky, I was, I'd hardly been on a plane. But now it's, uh, you go to the airport every week. Flies. Yeah. Mm. Get, is get it nearly the... 12 months since the Albury Cup, Dave, is it? Yeah, that's exactly right. Nearly 12 months since the Albury Cup. So they have a luncheon oh, yeah. to kickstart that carnival because it's a two-day carnival down there in Albury. Uh, that luncheon is on Friday, and it's uh, the special guests are Gay Waterhouse and Danny Beasley. I think there might be some tickets still available to that. Um, so you can jump onto the Commercial Club's website or get in contact with the Albury Jockey Club. And then, yeah, the Cup will be in a, uh, a couple of weeks later into um, into March. So... Yeah, time flies because we were down there, of course, um, yes. for that Albury Gold Cup meeting. So, yeah, where's that year gone, boys? The Cup's in March, though, five. isn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, it is nearly March. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's 28. <laughs> right. Okay, yes, gotcha. That's what I mean. Yeah, right. You said, okay. I heard you this morning. Two days left of summer. Yeah. Have you been happy with your summer, Mido? Uh, could have been warmer. Could have been warmer. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. But have you been happy with how it's unfolded? Oh, Summer's yeah. unfolded no, no, for you. Yeah, you know, I'm... Pretty stoked with it. Mm. I like it. Yeah. How'd your car go? Yeah, it's working. What it's happened with the car? Well, I've Back had it so twice. You got at the to the, the bottom of it? No, no. They did something and said <laughs> when I did when something. I pulled it out of the joint the other day, they said if anything just randomly shuts off this time, it should be the air conditioning, not your accelerator. <laughs> oh, geez. So it didn't really fill me with confidence, but the accelerator went. But so far, five days of touch wood. Yeah. No issues. What is it? Honda Accord. Is that Honda Civic? Yeah, just, Civic. just a, just a uh, knockabout. No, Are you going to get a new, get a get a new car? Yes, you need uh, to. Yeah, just got a couple of other expenses to sort out. It's on the list. Mm. Okay. Yeah. What type, what, what can you see? Would you go the 
would you go the, uh, the the SUV or would you be looking at yeah, more of a... Like a little small SUV, probably. Small SUV or yeah. a little convertible. What about a Mustang? I could see you in a Mustang, Mido, a two-door V8 Mustang. That's one of us. Yeah. No, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, nah, I don't like the you... two-door situation. No, nah, not at all. Please. Yeah. Well, where, how many times do you have four people in your car, though? Well, it's not about that. No. <laughs> How bad. annoying is it when you've got to put the seat forward? Oh, nah. Wait till you get a baby Sorry. seat. Yeah. Try and put that oh. in the front of a Ferrari. That's not going to work. Yeah, no, it's a Ferrari. <laughs> Did you have the Ferrari then, pub? No, no, no. I was going to say. That was long gone. I'm full drive man yeah. through and through. Yeah. No, I've like often I've yeah. extra size. You do see, you do see yeah. them around the flash cars. You wonder how, you know. Yep. You wonder how the people, people live. Anyway, mm. um, speaking of flash cars, I'm tipping Tom Markwood has a few at home. I might ask him, in fact. He's back in town, Aussie Tom. So um, for those that aren't aware, Tom Marquand, uh, a British rider who came over to Australia to ride for a period of time a few years ago, had huge success, has won some of our biggest races. And uh, one of the sort of overseas riders who seemed to just get it straight away, he, uh, he got to Australia and just started winning. And we all went, how good? Because sometimes it takes a little bit of time for the national jockeys to adapt to our way of riding. So Aussie Tom will join us um, after scratchings this morning. I'm going to chat with uh, Mitch Cohen. I'm going to chat with Kieran McAvoy. I tell you what, he's always uh, been a good rider, Kieran, but there's just something about him at the moment. He is on fire. So we'll chat with Kieran about that. Uh, I'm going to chat with Sterling Alexo. Uh, Ed Cummings, I'm going to speak to, and also Peter Fitzgerald from English Boys. So, got a good little hour coming up. We've got Rose Hill today. Uh, take note, if you're having a bet at Sandown, so, and I'm sure you guys have mentioned this this morning, but uh, it was yesterday the news came through. They've got 38, 39 degree um, temps around Sandown, possibly even hotter this afternoon with a late cool change. They're starting their races today at 10.30. So, Sandown is... We'll start at 10.30, and it will be done and dusted by 2 o'clock. So if you get a tip today from someone for Sandown, don't think you can go to the pub this Savo and watch them in the twilight time like we have in the last couple of weeks because they'll be done and dusted. So make sure you're checking your tab app throughout the day, boys. What are you up to today, Loz? Um, I'm going to meet a couple of people at 4.30, Mido. So I'll walk down the strip there at the Mandalay Bay. But we've agreed to go to the MGM Grand and just check out the sites in that can, casino this afternoon. Can I ask a question, Loz? Um, yes, Because you can, when though. we've toured, and Mido and Pup, you would know this, when we tour and go to, say, Wagga Cups or you guys go to State of Origin, obviously uh, when you guys have your dinner, especially if you're mm. going on radio the next morning, you're not getting stuck into heavy big food you you know you're eating quite good and, and looking after yep. yourselves how are you going over there Loz because from a Tucker point of view I don't see much fresh food getting around they seem to love their deep fried liquid cheese and yeah. bacon yeah, and, no, and I know that you're right. I know that your belly you're a bit you're a bit tender with the heavy food in the past yep. how are you going with all that uh, not too bad, though, because what I've been doing, I haven't had a beer. I haven't had a beer, so no. I, I've I've just been doing the old training and eating, but that could change today. Right, it could be different. But are you been, well, what are you eating? Have they, is it just like oh, little, mate, I've just oh, like last night I ate the oh last night I uh, ate in the I think it's called the pizza kitchen, just downstairs here, and I, okay. I made the rookie mistake because I ordered the pizza plus I had an entree. So I just, just couldn't huge. eat it all. Yep. 
Yep, the entree yeah, okay. would have been big enough, but I'd forgotten. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm not eating as I would back home, obviously. 